space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Fucking solids. <laughs> and Dr. Squee. <laughs> Dragon! Solid. Fucking solids. <laughs> and we're here to talk about the latest episode of Picard, Surrender. Which... Hey, look, let's, let's get to important professional business first, though. If I disappear during this record, mm. it's because as they can't make up their fucking mind when they're delivering, it's half past eight, half past nine in the slot. How does 7.37 look like that? Like, they know. I've said, you're just, this is your southern privilege coming out because up here we get a two-hour slot and we think ourselves lucky and that's it. Whereas you, you've been like sharing with us updates of where your driver is and how many stops he's got to go. We get none of that. They just rock up and then they only bring half of what you've actually ordered. Oh, well, that's universal, but at least yours is within that two hour slot. I got given an hour slot and it's arriving an hour and a half early when I'm in the middle of, or an hour early when I'm in the middle of recording pre-trek. Okay. So they're going to so get the full dragon. Yeah, good. <laughs> that'll show them. Yeah, that'll confuse them. Anyway, Sorry, anyway let's deal with the elephant in the room straight away. Last episode no, finished not. by saying, Jack Crusher, you will find out the truth of who you are next week on Star Trek Picard. And we do not find out the truth of who Jack Crusher is, but we do finish with a cliffhanger that we might find out the truth about Jack Crusher. I was not impressed with this. I was not impressed with this. I, I tell you, I, I was... Even less impressed than I was just a minute ago when you used the elephant metaphor and I didn't see an elephant. How <laughs> impressed I was. We have a chat and Jim and Squee like to chat all week about what's happened throughout the episodes. And I don't get involved in that. I like to save it for this. You save your part of me. But I was dying for you both to have seen it because I just wanted to say one thing, how pissed off I was <laughs> that they ended on the same fucking cliffhanger. Yeah. dead. <laughs> the thing is, it wouldn't have been so bad, but they had to cut the episode for time. If they just let that scene run on as it was originally filmed, she goes, and it's about time you found out who you were, Mr. Jack Crusher. I'm not the one to tell you, of course. You'll find that on the fullness of time, and I don't want to imply otherwise. Goodbye. And that was actually the end of the episode. Yeah, they, that's they it. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, we are being flippant about it, but but what it is is they made a promise to the audience last week. I know you could argue that in-universe, Vadik did intend to let him know and then circumstances came in, blah, blah, blah. But none of that. It's, I'm sorry to break it to people, but it's not real. This is a scripted TV show that people write and construct. And they deliberately chose to promise us that we would get that answer and then didn't do it, and then had the audacity to do the same cliffhanger again. Yeah. And it's just not fair on the audience. It, it, it doesn't engender trust. They've built up a lot of trust this season with how great they've been. But 
that is just a slap in the face. I really don't no, like no, it. Even it doesn't even work by the premise if anyone was thinking, it's like, oh, but she got distracted by something else. She didn't. She literally purposefully then went on to scan the ship to uh, start taking away things from them. So she, that was a... a that was premeditated was what it was. Yeah. She knew she wasn't going to tell us who Jack was, and yet she did it, said it anyway that she was. And then she went on to a different tack. It was yeah. not, there, there was no- There was nothing going on in the ship that to distract her. She had control. But she didn't point. have Jack, to be fair, until he turned up. And they do yeah, sort she was of- already saying that. She was already saying that over the commentary. True. So she, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> I, I didn't like it. And I, it, it makes me think that we're not going to get the answer until probably the end of next week's episode. And I think we're going to get it early on. I would hope so, but because they've annoyed me this week, I'm like, no, I don't trust them now. I have started to build up a theory of what it is. Um, and, sorry. And I, I think it may be being controlled by a pirate. Which ties into DS9 mm. because we've got his eyes. We've got his eyes going red. Yeah, we've got all the other red effects and all that. When he sort of sees into their world, we we get it revealed by Diana that there's a darkness. We get it uh, revealed that uh, it isn't actually him, but it's surrounded by all these dark presences. Yeah, and it's we ancient. It, uh, we get it, an evil and evil uh, presences mm-hmm. within him. That's what makes sense. I love that. Because I, I have two theories. The only thing that I think goes wrong with it is I was thinking, well, it could be sort of like when they were cast out at the end of DS9, but the, the years don't work right because the end of DS9 was, um, what was it, 2375? Nemesis was 2399. Mm-hmm. And Jack, Jack was conceived probably about a year later. So twenty three eighty. Yeah, so it wouldn't around. Mm. I, I had two, two theories which popped into my head. Uh, one of which better not happen. The other one, what which won't happen, but it would be awesome. One of which is if they open that door and someone pops out going, "Hey, Mister, no, just no, straight away." She's not allowed to come back in that guy's. No, just just don't do it. It's not Who the ball queen. About? Uh, the Borg Queen. Um, oh, of course. Oh, uh, Agnes. Yeah, who, who they, Agnes. They, like a bloody shoehorn, had her going high mister to him. All yeah. through, like, there was about five times she mentioned the series, in a, but it was really featured in two episodes, mm-hmm. where she yeah. just said it over and again. And she'd never said it before. Just so at the end, where she appeared as the Borg Queen, she go, could go, hey, mister. It pissed me off. And if, if they do that again, no. Second one, which it just won't be, is it would be great if it was Cisco. Like, because mm-hmm. they said it's an ancient being. He's meant to be like beyond time at this stage. Any of the uh, work, like prophets will be. Yeah, true. So, yeah, I, I mean, the prophets would work as well, but they are surrounded by evil, which are the pirates. But they're <laughs> which not. Which is evil. why I was thinking, like, but Jack- pirates, I think, tighter fit. I like that. It, it's just with it being sort of like. Because we've got so many references to Dominion War, and they said that's going to tie in mm-hmm. the end of Voyager and the. Tie into the end of DS9, and part of the tie into the end of DS9 is getting is the pirates as well. Are they finally gone? Oh no, no, no! Voyager just ended with with the Borg Queen. No, you are not allowed to have Agnes behind that fucking door. No, just. I no. don't think it'll be Agnes, it. but I I do think the Borg answer is going to be better. I think behind the door is Locutus, and. It's Jack's gonna be the offspring of the Borg, something like that. 
Though, if it or was good, those abilities. Yeah, is that how he's got these abilities as well? Which I think like... that's Borg because, and I think because Terry Madlas was on um, Twitter talking, you know, engaging with people, talking theories, and he said nobody's talking about a really obvious clue that we put in the episode. And so when I rewatched it, I was looking for this really obvious clue. And my current theory is that the clue is the way it's filmed when Jack sort of goes spirit walking. It's almost got that fi- that fisheye lens that yeah, they use I mean. that they use when we get Borg point of view. So I'm wondering if that's a clue. Um, but hopefully we'll find out next week, which is what we said last week. Yeah, just to tag on to it as well, it's like, I, I, I'm hoping, I don't think they are, but it would be really nice if this symbi- sim- symbiology of the door and the vines which appear along it. I, it would be great if that was paid off, there was a reason for that, not mm. just, well, it looks artistically interesting. Yeah, It would be better if that tied into it, but I can't see any explanation which would put those in, unless there's someone who had, unless the door's meant to be, and the vines are meant to be a reference to Picard and the vineyard. Maybe. And like, he had to go through that door for his mum. <laughs> was that red? I can't remember. I don't think I, it was I remember red. The of the door. Unless it's... But I'm just wondering if, yeah. Unless it's Vecna from Stranger Things, and it is the upside down, and then it all makes sense, but... Solved. That's it. Where, you know, it's so, a big crossover between Paramount and Netflix. They're like, yeah, let's... <laughs> expand the universe just before we end in theory corner did you notice though just as i said it better not be agnes even willow shook her head and jumped off the bed in disgust <laughs> at the idea that it might be even willows again look <coughs> licking herself in disgust at that mm-hmm. theory just maybe i'll cover that up actually sorry viewers <laughs> she does like to give herself a very thorough bath dogs dogs will be dogs no, it's okay. fine we'll get a copyright strike from facebook they'll be like disgusting um anyway I do like the fact my wing works as a nice little that's uh, pretty good <laughs> multifunctional um so to the episode itself then vadic straight away has got one of the coolest novelty items anyone can own which is a gun that is in fact a lighter and i'm really <laughs> hoping that next week oh she's gone though isn't she we could have had hours of fun with that we could have had light inspector cluso and his captain's always trying to shoot him and it's not a gun it's a lighter and then he lights his sink <laughs> and it is a gun i mean i'm I must admit, I know this is jumping ahead, but because you mentioned about her dying, I did when I was watching it back, and I saw her go into space and like just frozen over. I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe she did some. Like, maybe she's still out there, and we've we've all missed it." Then she crashed into the ship. It's like, "Oh no, no, that happens too." <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they got her. She she's pretty dead. Um, and then Jordy unplugs Law, which well well done, Jordy. Maybe yeah. Maybe could have done well, that well, last week, but. Yep, when your daughter was in cage, why didn't you unplug him then? Yeah, there'd have been an idea. But the way he says it is, like, I'm not having law connected to vital systems anymore. No, that's a very good point, Jody. Well done. <laughs> he loves machines more than his own family, is what we're discovering at this stage. It does seem so. Which we'll get there, but the scenes with Jody and Data are brilliant. Um, and then, yeah, Jack goes spirit walking, and this is where... I. Maybe it's Chakotay. Maybe it's that episode where Chakotay was a non-corporeal spirit floating around in the ship. Well, it takes... I, I think he took over the crew member outside. Well, he did, yeah. And gets him killed straight away. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, quite possible. I, I, did, I did think for half a second when he was going into the body on the rewatch, I was like, wait a minute, but surely he's just like putting himself in danger as opposed to that crew member. Then it's like they do the bit with the codes and stuff. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, and he, like, he doesn't tell sure everyone. Isn't a net benefit to be someone else. <laughs> yeah, he don't. He don't tell everyone about that. And like, well, I just did a bit of spirit walking, and uh, and yeah, Smithers is no more. <laughs> also, um, where did he get the codes? Like, if he didn't talk to Picard and Vance, where did he get the codes from? He Schneider. Those Picard gave him the codes. Picard gave him them. Yes, oh, Picard's there talking to him and giving him the codes okay. as he so presumably he's there and he's in the other body so he can still hear what's going on you, where he is I presume you know what Jack's powers are ill-defined and we've only got two episodes left um yeah so <laughs> if Riker, only Vadik could explain it to us if only Stop. that's it Vadik like admit she, like she promised if they pulled that off next week they just went oh the only person who knew the answers was Vadik oh well and you know, <laughs> t- tune in for the Star Trek Legacy series when we might finally tell you what's going on with Jack. Um, Can you imagine if we did that? It'd be naughty. Right. I, I said, uh, sorry, last thing I'll say on this, uh, but I, I mentioned in our chat earlier on, this reminded me completely of an episode of The X-Files, the ooh, season four premiere of The X-Files. And... During that episode, uh, Mulder is in a car with one of the alien hybrid conspiracy shapeshifters and he goes, oh, I will take you to um, a place that will have all your answers. And it's like, it's a several hour drive and they get there and they're pulling up and he goes, now I will tell you all the answers. And then the alien bounty hunter turns up and chases him off. And you're like, you've just been in the car for five hours together. Why did you not ask him all this shit that you've been looking for for three years at this point? And spoiler alert, you'll be looking for him for another 20 years. So you had the chance. But, and then it's, oh, don't worry, I'll just tell you. I go, oh, it's better to show you. I better show you. It's all to do with bees. And think, oh, the alien bounty hunter's here again. Damn it. And it just reminded me of that. It's like, just tell us. Come on. Anyway. Uh, oh, I mean, my favourite one is uh, uh, Captain Jack from Doctor Who. No one seems to, to notice that for the beginning of it, he's trying to find out. He used to be a time agent, but his memory's been erased. Mm. What happened? And then after a couple of series, once they do the torture and spin, spin-off, they decide they're not interested in that, and he's just after finding the Doctor again. But they completely forget about that, never mention it. Big Finish is sorted out on audio, thank you. Yeah. For sake, that's some pretty lazy storytelling. Yeah, and also with Captain Jack, they had that thing, didn't they, where it was like his thing is that he's he's gonna dress in the era of whatever he's in, so that's why he's wearing his classic outfit when they first meet him during the war. And then when they go to Cardiff in the next episode, he dresses like he's from there. And then they went, you know what? We really like that wall look, so that that that's just (laughs) gonna be how he dresses now. (laughs) Forget that that he changes it anyway. Um, Riker and Troy then I think the scenes with them two are really really good I I have some issues with the overall thing that the, the way they're talking about this distance between them is as if it's something that's happened really recently but we know that Thad died a long while ago uh, I and thought Thad was in cryo during the first season no Thad was 
cure him, cure him with bits from data, or was it he was dead and they? He was him? dead and they could have cured him if there wasn't the synth ban. So I don't mind. Like I don't mind that they've jiggled with the the timeline a little bit because it does give us some really good emotional stuff between them. So I'm willing to let that one go, but it it seem and it just seems a bit weird that they're having an argument about something that happened 15 years ago or something at this point. But that again, that does happen. You do have these resentments yeah. that build up, but. But the way Riker talks, like he, he says, which I thought was a great line, he says, I've missed loving you. And, and yeah. as if this distance between them has been there ever since he died, which doesn't really fit with what we knew when we saw them in Nepenthe. Yeah. That's, that, that's a bit which which bugs me. It's like the rest of it, I could, uh, you know, grief over the course of 10 years is nothing when you've lost a child. Yeah. People can be in really messed up places. Uh, and you could even slightly justify the first series appearance that they were um, just pretending, going through the motions yeah, because Picard yeah. was there, they were pretending. But it, it would have been cleaner if we hadn't had that first series guest appearance. Yeah. But just to have them there, this is what I want to see. If they were going to rehash that storyline, which I felt was kind of put to bed earlier, but if they're going to, this is how I wanted it to play yeah. out, and it was beautiful. I love them coming together, them kind of like realising how much they uh, lost each other. Him saying Imzadi was another one to put off the tick list of next generation things that yeah. had to happen in and the I series. like the fact that she goes, I wish I could have taught you a different word. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's like the Riker charm was a wonderful line. It reminded me yeah. of uh, one of the audios, you had the nephew, or like one of the books, which I had an audio, you had the nephew of Kirk, and he was going, it's like, time to see if I've got that legendary Kirk charm, mm. just so much reminding me of that. Riker is, of course, the Kirk of next generation yeah. you know, when it comes to ladies. Uh, it was just so nice, so sweet, and just uh, he just had the right amount of machismo which you need for Riker. Yeah, whilst being humble enough to be vulnerable in that moment as well. It was. It was, really it was great, and it there was never any question that these two characters deeply love each other. But it was like we we've got to hash these things out, but. The, there's no question that they're going to split up over this or anything. I just love the way no. they played it. It's like he says what he's annoyed about and then gives her a big hug and then she says, I'm sorry for doing this and goes and hugs him. And I, I just oh, love the way, that, that the bond they've got is that strong. That's one on the hug count for Troy. And notice when I said last week, that was Crush's count for the whole thing. She just struck, hugged uh, Troy, I think it was. No one else. No one else got yeah. a hug. She just got, she's lady one hug. I know it can't been Troy because she wasn't there. It was uh, Data. Right? Oh, someone. She just hugged one person, though. Jordy, hugging right. everyone. Jordy, there you go. That's it. And I like the way Riker sort of, like, we, we get a bit of background to what we didn't see last week, which was Riker sent that code under duress because they were torturing Deanna. And also, well well done TV show for not making us watch that. I don't think we needed a torture no, scene. No, but you could have so just had one you. scene of and him he, sending the code. And he also like, acknowledged that he gave him a code that the note that it was given under yeah. duress gave it. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to see Troy mm. being tortured, but it seems so weird that we didn't see just one cutaway scene of him sending the code. I it seems so it. weirdly often. It just seemed, it felt like, well, back to the X-Files, felt like when Mulder wasn't in the episode, but they wanted to include Mulder, so they just mentioned him a lot. And oh. it's like, oh, he's just left on the train. We just missed him. Oh, that, no. Like that. Season nine, when season. they do that, that's awful. Like, 
Like, there's a bit like, where he's in the shower, and he's like, no, yeah, he isn't. I mean, sorry, if he's more like, we did see the episode before, though, Riker getting beat up. That's he true. He was captured. So we yeah, did see him getting beat up. We did, did. We need to see him getting... And I think it was sort of implied, the fact that they had Troy, that he didn't need torturing anymore. That yeah. was... That was all in it. It didn't. It'd been beaten up already at that point, but and he wasn't going to talk at that. But as soon as they had Troy, no questions asked. He was giving that code. Oh god, yeah, yeah. The, the reasoning for it makes perfect sense. I just don't know why you couldn't have just had him for five minutes while he's recording one of the other episodes just to film that, as opposed to show me, don't say it. It just seemed weird. Because Freaks needed a week off. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but yeah. Also, this is kind of what I wanted. If they are going to do the thing with uh, Troy and Riker, as soon as they're on screen, they did actually do this pretty deftly. We had short moments with them on screen across a, uh, a few screen talking mm. where they kind of addressed the fact they've been estranged. So they mention it. But as soon as they're on the screen together, they're together, which is really yeah. what I want to see. That I definitely uh, thought was perfectly handled. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. And I like... Uh... Although, no Tuvok, where's he gone? I, see, I, I think he got I the wrong think... end of the stick there. I don't think Tuvok was on Vadic's ship. I think no. the, the changelings have got whoever they've taken over, they presumably stash them wherever they are. Like, it wouldn't make I'm sense sorry. for Vadic to be Jim, catting everyone around. I, I'm sorry to make you look foolish in front of uh, the viewing and listening audience, but That's all right. you're obviously clearly missing the line by 709 when she said, That's definitely fake Tuvok. And Definitely, real Tuvok is definitely with the Troys, and definitely when you can't wait to see them together, you will see Tuvok. You're right. Do you not I'm remember sorry. her I'd, saying I'd, that? No, I, I, I forgot. I, I'm sorry. Um, and she said all the erms, which I just said just then as well. Yeah, it was I remember. All exactly yeah. Word for word. I think that might have been another bit that was cut for time, like you know when they said, "But I'll tell you in the future." Um, but yeah, I like where Riker says, I, I bet John Luke's laying a classic Picard trap. <laughs> and then it cuts immediately to the bridge and they're all just lined up. And, lined you know, up it's, and it's, a good, one of them. <laughs> it's a good visual <laughs> gag. It, it was, I was brilliant. And as we were saying just before we went on, another one for the last two series, not in the first one, but in the second and third series, they really do like their moments, which look like a moment from one of the films. Obviously, the second series was pretty much just loads of references yeah, yeah. to the, the Voyage Home. This one, they've just been peppering them throughout. And there's another one where this it's is like, more it like Christopher Lloyd walking along the row of people before he kills. As I said, this is more like how Lower Decks does Easter eggs at this season. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Like, it's, just, it's plucking from... It's so obvious. It's plucking from... 55, 56 years of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like that. We like that. We like that. We'll reference it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like with it. Yeah, it does feel for it. You're right. That's you've hit the nail on the head. I hadn't thought why, but it just felt like really. I mean, again, I love it, to see. It feels like, familiar. To those moments. It feels familiar, familiar, but not something that you're used to seeing in live action. Yeah, but that's because we've had three seasons of Lower Decks now. True. And I don't want them to have sort of like nicked saps from the. Films. I don't know. I mean, because it's like, I, it, it's like, for instance, I'm loving all the classic music they've got throughout from Star Trek history. No Star Trek is left unturned for a great bit of music. Hmm. That's wonderful. But at the same time, that's not what Star Trek does. It has new music for each <coughs> show, for each series. That This is the, the one which, when you look back at Picard, you'll just remember, oh, yeah, that was the one which had just the change from everything else. You won't go, oh, that's a classic first contact score. Yeah, but I think, right. Yeah, this is giving us what, like, when Picard was announced, 
everyone was like, oh, we're going to get so much next generation and that. And this is finally delivering what everyone's expectations are. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I... I... I, I just think there is a, a maybe a, a way between giving us no fan service, nothing recognizable to Star Trek in the first series, and just giving us a reused bits from Star Trek. Like, and I, I think overall this is a stunning series. Don't get me wrong. I'm really enjoying the series. I love it. But this is just one of my little kind of things of like, I do love it when they give me something new, something which is just theirs. Yeah. And I think sometimes this feels like a tribute so in some ways not overall the plot is new portals we've never had in star trek fedek is a very new uh, bad guy <coughs> i'm not saying they haven't done anything new and they've done something new with the changelings which was a bold move to put them in next generation kind of setting uh they've done so much right but just that thing seems a bit weird at times mm. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Um, speaking of seeing how things play out now, th this I thought we were being set up for something here and it didn't deliver it, a bit like the cliffhanger last week, but we'll we'll stop going on about that. Um, there's a bit earlier on in the episode where Shaw calls Seven Commander Hansen and she says quite angrily, my name is Seven of Nine. And this has surely got to be building up to a payoff where he calls her seven of nine. Yeah. And they have the, wrong. They, they have yeah. the perfect moment at the end of this episode where he says, you take this one, Commander, if he'd have said seven, you, you give seven. this order. That, you know, it just felt like that had been the moment for it. Um, or, or does he? Or does he have to? Or does he take the piss with it? Because he could have taken the piss with this. Because she called people by the surnames in the ranks, so mm. he could have just gone. You take this one, Commander Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I, thought. That's, I thought that it should be Commander of Nine, like yeah, the first name that, Seven. Yeah, yeah, that word. But but that that day, it's not like. <laughs> Sure, he's respected her with a name, but he's also honouring their military traditions called uh, and second name. And he the commander now. Yeah, in Captain <laughs> Shaw fashion. can't argue with that. Yeah, he's and still being Captain a dick. Shaw, yeah. 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 Um, the one, yeah, that'd be I, good. I thought, that, I thought they were going to do it back when they had uh, uh, the earlier episode where they had the uh, 10 forward in it. And he was, go you know, they, they addressed yeah. it then about uh, Young LaForge calling her, Sydney calling yeah. her yeah. Seven of Nine. I thought they were going to bring in them because she she basically, she brings it up. We're sure she goes. It's like, oh, oh well, because... Yeah, it's out of respect. She, she isn't being a dick. She's going to yeah. meet Seven out of respect. I thought he was going to adopt it then, so I don't know. Well, maybe, you know, maybe we're building to a payoff, but it felt like that would have been the perfect moment this time. But can anyway... I, can um, I also throw in a little Easter egg? Of course. Thing? You know when they're going along and uh, finding out details about the members of the crew before they kill one of them? Yeah. Have they? Have we got there yet, actually? Uh, well, we're, we're roundabout where she's threatening to kill I them, think, yeah. I think, I, think, I think we've already established that we're jumping around quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, they, they won the, the first guy to talk. He's already been established as, I believe it's like Lieutenant Myra. I forget his rank, but it's something Myra. Mm. And he gives his full name, uh, Lieutenant or whatever, Matt Myra. That's mm -hmm. actually a reference to a writer who uh, used to be on The Nerdist with... Um, oh, yeah. That he... guy. He's also wrote for The Goldbergs. He does the podcast Star Trek Next Conversation and, he... and also hosted After Trek. Yeah, he, that was what I was going to say. He presented before one they of made the After it. Shows. Yeah, before they did a Will Wheaton one. Um, so, yeah... Uh, Awesome. He found out as everyone else did, and um, he thinks one of his buddies who kind of like. Oh, he knows that's nice. Writers. 
with Gads. That was kind of sweet. Yeah, that is cool. Um, it must have been a bit frustrating for like the writers who did it, because as we know, this were filmed back to back, so they must have been like, I can't wait till he hears about this thing that I did for him two years ago that he's going to have to wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jack decides to, and I do like the fact that he confides in his parents. He's like, I need to tell both of you something. And, you know, that's nice that they are building this familial bond. And I like how, I mean, I was going to say I like how easily Picard takes it in his stride because he just goes, well, tell me how, Jack. And it's like, yeah, but you would with the shit Picard's seen over the years. That yeah. That's not a great surprise yeah, that somebody's like, got powers. Well, you've got magic powers, yeah. Uh, I, I remember the time when Riker became a Q. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or that time Barkley became a super being. So, oh, yeah. this is par for the course, Jack. Don't uh, worry. When I became a robot who technically could be immortal if I wasn't pregnant. Yeah, all the time I got yeah. turned oh, wait, no, into no, a ball. The time I got turned into a ball of energy and I signaled my friends by making a little pee on the Elkars display. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was not my <laughs> finest hour. <laughs> and not to be confused with the time I bowled out your mother. Yes, I had sex with your mum. Yes. And my dad. Yeah, I had sex with your mum, though. Many, many times. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then Vadik kills the Vulcan lady, which she does this thing like, oh, I'm going to kill you. No. Um, yeah, that was sort of like, wait, like, we were talking just before we came on that this is very reminiscent of um, Star Trek 3 mm-hmm. with the execution yeah. scene which Vadik takes this to another level she has her on the floor on her knees with the gun yeah. charging yeah. and then with no notice just turns and kills someone else yeah yeah, that was beautifully done uh, but even then even then with the combat it's like tell them what just happened it is the that's not true. Yeah, it, that's it is. You come back to the and relay it back to the... And we pick up again then with Riker and Troy and we've talked about most of it but what I do want to call out is that Troy is just Marina Sirtis now. She talks about how Nepenthe is not real her cup of tea and it's been designed by hipsters and you're just like this is just Marina Sirtis 2023. It's no longer Deanna Troy. Yeah. yeah. And I'll give you, in this episode, she sounds most like purely Marina Sirtis. Before, I still say she yeah. was throwing yeah, she was. voices she's done before but, over the years because it's changed so uh, much. I think, I think she's reached a point now where she's gone, no, I'm good to talk as me. Yeah, but, yeah. but even the dialogue they're giving her sounds like a modern like, English yeah. person. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, um, she's fucking everyone. I, I, I did see, I saw, I saw an interesting one uh, online. I can't remember where I saw it this, last week. And did it cause um, a click on their diplomatic event when they started serving refugees. That was me. I put that in the chest. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm you know when you this. see so I'm much stuff all over this. the place. I was waiting for this moment. <laughs> Sorry, I, What I said was, did it cause a major diplomatic incident when the Klingons learned that they were making Ractigino into <laughs> lattes? <laughs> I would think yeah, so. I know where you heard that. Yeah, Ellie. I think so. And <laughs> I reckon... I knew I'd seen it and I just... I, I know what you mean. You know if anything, like. that's a compliment. They thought a comment you made was had gone viral already, so... Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was just... Uh, I love that. Also, it's when... Um, 
Yeah, have we got to Troy meeting them? The Troy's meeting up with Wolf. Yeah, that's no, where we are now. Else. So, like, yeah. we do get the little bit where uh, Troy winds Riker up about when the Klingons arrive, and she goes, "Yeah, it was great in bed, but shit at pizza." Oh, the changelings. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. It's, yeah, I, love that. <laughs> I like that it's canonical. Like <laughs> it's now canonical that Riker's pizzas are shit. We knew they were shit when we watched Nepenthe. <laughs> we watched it. But now we know that everybody knows the shit, and even he admits well, it. I, I think I, also. I like that it's now acknowledged. Like we have mentioned Drake's cooking quite we a lot have. on this show. Yeah, we I, have. We have yeah. slated him a lot, and it is finally now in canon that he is a sh- is shit at cooking. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. This is this actually. Get your notepads re- ready, giant freaking robot. It's actually canonical now. The eggs weren't bad. It was his cooking back in the next yeah. generation. They, oh, God. Giant freaking robot can get, like, 20 pages out of that. No, we discussed this at the time and check out our old episodes, but the problem with that egg scene was that he said he was making an omelette and he wasn't. He was making scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. That Either way, I'm just... Yeah, but that could have been the texture of the eggs. He'd probably blame that, but no. No, it, no, it, it was, was not, not cooked in no. the correct method. That is <laughs> not how you do an omelette you need you need an omelette pan yeah i I would also uh throw in there as soon as wolf and the troys see each other not only does troy hug her hug him sorry two hugs now but Rick's getting in the action. Yeah. It's a three-way hug situation. I, and do. I do. Love, like, it's, the first thing he says is like, uh, my personal space is being invaded. It's yeah, like, personal so space is a rack. Did you know, I, was it just me or was the delayed reaction from the Troys? Like, because we get the guard comes up and about to come in and then we get, he's stabbed in the back and he hits the floor. And then it comes to the Troys and they start looking around as if what's happened. But Wolf was stood right behind him to stab him in the back. It's like when Jordy didn't see Data the other week. You know, if you stood in front of someone, you are invisible. Yeah, and it is. It's like, because you get the guard hits the deck. But from their point of view, I know we don't see it on the camera because the camera cuts to them looking. You're right, yeah. From their point of view, Wolf would be bang there. But they're looking around as if, what's happened? What happened there? Mm. What I, I, no, okay, okay. I, I, I've scored Jim. Now I'm going to have to do it to you, Elliot. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't enjoy doing this. But duh. Like as soon as the camera panned away to them, Wolf, like the ninja he is, became invisible in that moment. <laughs> By the time it cut back, he was visible again because he chose to be. Wolf's a ninja. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I love how and I. My theory on this is that Wolf is doing this deliberately to wind Riker up. One hundred percent. Because he. <laughs> He knows that he's had a relationship with Deanna and he thinks, what will wind Riker up the most? And the first thing he says is, like, I have counted the days since I last saw you. I, I, I also love the mix where it goes between... It, it is. It feels right, the mix they've done of Old Wolf and New Wolf. So he can still kick ass, he can still not love his personal space being invaded, even though he's going on this spiritual mm. journey. And he can still... I think there was some genuineness to complimenting Deanna I think there was. Spiritual journey, I think but was, definitely but to, it, the way he did it was definitely... Riker, Riker's sort of like inappropriate and Troy's hushing Riker because he's liking the Yeah. <laughs> no, I, this is definitely carrying on this sort of bickering that they had a few yeah. episodes. Wolf's thought, I know what I'll do. This will wind it It also seems like another throwout to all good things. Now, this kind of subtle reference I like, you know, it, it seems like because they were 
like edgy, edgy, yeah, edgy yeah. in that timeline. Yeah. Now, Riker's with Troy. Doesn't mean he doesn't want a little bit of wind up. You know, yeah, exactly. Maybe there's a bit of jilted lover still in him somewhere. I think so. Yeah, I, but I do enjoy it. And um, then they need data to do some tech stuff. So, like, we need a computer that can compute eight billion million yeah. squillion. Well, and the camera well, just well, sort of well, goes. Well, we have the forge like. Oh, which LaForge is it? Sydney. Sydney, and she says, it'll take me a year, it'll take me dad a month, but so-so computer will do it in minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and Geordie says, if only there was one here. Oh, data! <laughs> Sorry, you were right in front of me, I couldn't see you. But it means we get the classic good version versus bad version battle. Um, and, you know... it. The the epitome of that to me is still Superman three, where you've got Clark Kent versus yeah. evil Superman. Oh no yeah. no no no! There's a better one in Superman three. There's the oh. uh, green versus the red crossing man. Oh, <laughs> in Superman three, three. yes, that's one. a good bit I think as that's well. Oh, yeah. That that is a good bit. You're right. And they did Angel versus Angelus in Angel at one point. Yeah, well, and so it's, it's, I think I, I still think the Superman three. It's yeah. Evil fight. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Lord Crossing Guard guys. Yeah. The Lord Crossing Guard guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. I do like the way they do this one. This is more of a metaphysical battle between the two of them. And it's an acting showcase for Brent Spiner to have these completely different characters and you're never in any doubt as to who's speaking at any given time. Yeah. You know, it, I think sometimes he, we may have commented on him being somewhat hammy at times, but... He absolutely nails it, and he nails the oh, innocence yeah. of data and the maniacal side of law. It, it's just great, is this? I mean, I said in the last series, it, it really showed, it gave him that ability to do the kind of really serious acting, but still every now and again, you've got a little bit of cheesy yeah. spiner acting, which I enjoy. I'm sorry, I enjoy <clears> a little bit, but it shows that he is actually capable of a lot more as an actor. I yeah. think maybe in Next Generation times, we just weren't ready for it to be treated quite as seriously as it does now. But my God, the the things I love about this is one, it looks like it could have been very similarly filmed for the next generation. It would still work for the time period. You know, it feels nicely in keeping with the mm -hmm. way they would set up in, in that. But also what the genius of this is, is to me, is that you know exactly what state is doing right from the first memory. It's, yeah. it's really obvious, yeah. but you're still drawn to it. It's still great. It doesn't detract from it. One iota, you know that he's obviously setting him up and he's implying his memories into him so it becomes him. It's crystal clear, but you still can't turn away from it. And the things they choose as his memories, like, you know, Tashima. Oh. And yeah. yeah, exactly in the same thing we saw in when we last uh, saw the yeah. funeral. You've got the deck of cards, so reminiscent. My games of poker. Uh, his pipe for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, very nice. Uh, a tricorder, because he always had a tricorder. Yeah. Well, I like to think that was a nod to uh, uh, Generations Mr. Tricorder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mr. Tricorder. Now, he didn't speak, so we can't know for sure, but I think that was Mr. Tricorder. I think And he does love been. scanning for life forms, so a tricorder would help him with that. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously but, Spot, who spots a boy again, but okay. Spot's uh, been a boy and a girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... No problem with that. Um, and, yeah, it's just... it's Yeah, it's just a brilliant, wonderful scene. And, like you say, it's the... I always love it when 
you have the good guy beating the bad guy by being cleverer than them. And that's exactly what Data does here. It's law, he's hoist on his own petard. He's like, well, I knew you'd want to keep them as trinkets, but... No, you'd keep them, you'd see them as trophies. Trophies, sorry, is the word he uses, yeah. No matter what what you're saying to me, you see this is taking a trophy. Yeah. And and it's it's both the fact that... Data's got to get around the fact that he can't kill someone. He's not killing him, he's merging with him, so he's yeah. not killed him. Yeah, uh, that's how he, he justified killing B4 as well. I must turn you off now, brother. Mm. Yeah, it's an off switch, that's not the matter. No, it's a, yeah. but, but then you've got, um, also, it's a, I love the thing of when the villain can't, can't conceive that someone's bested him, but he's getting ever angrier that Data's just... Sing, sing Go yeah, but he's I getting do... annoyed because he's been outthought by him. But yeah. he, I think on one level he knows that Data must be playing the game because he's getting more and more annoyed under this. Yeah, and I feel like in his last moment he sort of acknowledges it. Like when Data says goodbye, brother, he, he says it back to him really he genuinely, <gasps> and it, it's like he's finally just yeah, okay, you won. <laughs> yeah, I, I even think it's sort of part of their program merging. I think it's like. Not only does he realize he's lost in Data's one, but also it's like he can get it finally. Like, because he's got that Data yeah. brain inside of him added with his own, it's like, oh shit, this is what I didn't get. And I do, I do love, they managed to do it without making it too cheesy. The fact that the thing, first thing he says is like, you've got all breaks. You've got your friends, you've got family, you've got like the, the things which they consider the breaks. Even though uh, Law then in the next breath tries to dismiss them as yeah. worthless, but the only thing worth it is 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 signs your conquest. The first thing he says is, "You got all the breaks because you've got friends," and I think that's so wonderfully Star Trek, so sadly played. Yeah, it and is. And then Law turns against it, but, but it's no, like, really deep down, Law just wants a buddy. He just wants a man. Like, well, do you know what, Law? You might have had friends if you hadn't have summoned the crystalline entity to destroy the planet you were on. on You know, that that was pretty much where it went wrong for you. And then you had another chance and you summoned the crystalline entity again. Then the pack leads adopted you and then you came back and killed your dad and then you tried to make mates with the Borg and take over the galaxy. You know, you've... Think how many friends he had in the Borg. Exactly, I mean, I, I, loads of them. I, I think it was that early portrayal by the villagers. He just never got over it. Yeah, so that's that. it. He couldn't trust friendship, but he always longed for it. Which I kind of always loved that um, duality, that kind of twisted thing. Yeah. The reason why they're a bad guys because they can't square the circle being portrayed, but wanting to and have people in their lives. It, the the way they they present it as like this big hero moment is great that you get all the lights go red which I like the fact right let, let's give Data the blue lights because that looks like a goodie and we'll give Law the red well, lights because that it looks is, like a bad well that's Star Wars all the way through of course it is red yeah savings for the Sith exactly and and then it it all goes red and then it all goes blue again and data reappears it's just great it's great fun and i feel like it'd be easy to be cynical and go they've brought data back again but i feel like they've earned it this time yeah and so i'm i'm happy with it it's interesting how they're gonna kill him and bring him back again well, no, yeah. no, <laughs> never again. No, I, I think we're done with data dying, at least for now. But I do like that they acknowledge that. For like now. Picard says, well, hang on, you wanted to die. And it's like, no, no, that, that version of me did. 
and rest in peace for like this is I a new like version <laughs> yeah that, I feel like they were talking to the audience going I feel like they were this. yeah please don't hate this please don't hate this and I, I think, think that's, that's what, what they were doing going look we know that that's gonna bug you so here's the answer but you know what what we're doing is better than what they did in season one so shh, shh, shh. You're on our side. And like, we were on your side till you did your double cliffhanger. Now we're not so sure, so... (laughs) I I must admit, it it felt a little forced. I know I'm the one who's always saying, just put a one-line explainer in there, but it's like, it felt a little forced, uh, Picard saying that to me. It was very much exposition. Like, that conversation didn't need to take take place, but... It, It didn't feel organic. Yeah. Um... And then moving on from data then, so we find out they've taken parts of Picard's brain, which again, this is why I think it's a Borg thing. I think they've taken the bits that still have the Borg in there. Um, And Jack goes to the bridge with a thermal detonator or what looks like a thermal detonator. And we know that because C-3PO translates saying, he's holding a thermal detonator. And the little monkey thing on Vadik's shoulder goes, Wah! Um, I think that's a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jack finally says to Vadik, What are my gifts then? Stop talking all this bullshit, Vadik. And she goes, we can string this out for another episode. Yeah, it's like, ah, but I'll give you another tiny clue. It's appropriate that Seven is here because Seven's a Borg, you see? She's an ex-Borg. Mm. I think the Borg are definitely linked into it. I think they are. Anyway, but yeah, it's a little bit annoying. She does, though, talk about, have you heard voices? She knows he's seen the door. She talks about isolation. Yeah. And as we know, when someone's been part of the Borg and then they're isolated, so I do think this is Borg. I, I was going to bring in, like, I don't get Seven suddenly at the last minute deciding to jump on the bridge. What is she actually adding? She's she... accepting the consequences. Yeah. How, how does that she's benefit She's not anything? leaving him alone. Yeah, she's yeah, not. There's nothing she can do to help. <laughs> if he does have to let, let off that device, surely getting far away so she can help the crew is better. I do I, to me, it didn't make much logical sense. I, I, even emotional sense. I don't know how she's helping him by being there. I think she just, yeah, doesn't want to leave him alone in these circumstances. Yeah. I think she probably knows there's not much she can do, but out of loyalty to him I and to Picard. All, I think also with Seven, though, she's also with an opportunity arises that she could act on it. No, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I, I think we'll let her off. We'll let her because she gets a good line in a minute, so we will let her off. That's true. And yeah, the the retaking the ship all happens really, really fast. Like Raffi comes on with some oh, sticks. Whoa, 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 and... whoa. If, if we're going to go into that, have, have we addressed the scene around the table? We're what the, we're with the crew? Yet. We're not there. Yeah, the that's, the, that's they after they've the got room. the we ship back. The oh, project. is it action data first? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Pardon me. So, yeah, they retake the ship really quickly and Data gets to do his I'm really pissed off and we find out that Data now does have feelings. Security officer. And, yeah, Raffi and Worf presumably just mop up the stragglers of the changelings and Seven gets to channel Harrison Ford in Air Force One where she says, get off my bridge. (laughs) I mean, the only thing that was missing was after Raffi took down those, uh, those... 
changelings uh, expertly with the, her maclefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing it needed was the water turn up going, nah, I could have done it better still. Yeah, like, that's, that's well, that's, to be fair, Walt did turn up and go, you're still dropping your left shoulder. Oh, he did, he did. <laughs> yeah, so he, he did. did. Yes, he had the criticism. I, I, I for it and they did do it. That was good. I like that. How so do we feel about the emergency ejection door where the view screen is? Because I know um friend of the show, Laney, her partner, Mr. Laney, um, or Keith, to give him his actual name, um, was not happy about this at all. And whereas I'm, I'm kind of okay why with was, it. Why was he, what was his argument? Uh, that it's never actually been a window and it's never actually been a door. Uh, emergent- yeah, but it doesn't mean you couldn't build one behind it. Um, it's a window in the new... new um, in the Star Trek movies. In the Kelvin the, movies, it's Kelvin definitely movies. a window. Um, and but no, th- it, for it to be uh, to be an emergency exit there makes sense in emergencies, especially if you have like a saucer section crashes on a planet when you. Yeah, it'd have been all right. That, yeah. Blows up, and I, I, so your crew could escape from the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have learned from that earlier incident. I was going to say, but in the Kelvin timelines, isn't it? Don't they polarize the view screen? Uh, so it's not there. Don't, don't they do this in um, Next Generation Season 1? Um, oh, what's it called? The Ripoff from TOS. Where they get oh, Naked Now. Naked Now, where they got the ejected themselves from the bridge to open the hat. The escape Maybe, yeah, but the, the bridge always had a little window at the top of it in TNG. I mean, if yeah, we're going to no, talk I'm about... Sure it was like uh, open at the front. It, it might have been. The the, if well, we're going to just... talk about the bridge being impractical, it's really impractical to put your bridge on a bubble <laughs> right on the outside <laughs> of the saucer. It's like, no, it should be it should be in the middle of the, the saucer so that if and anyone attacks... The part of the ship. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm okay yeah, can, with it. Can I, can I just check something? Sorry, uh, Emmett, because I always bow down to you for Starship knowledge. But I thought on the view screen in the Kelvin timelines, I thought they polarised the view screen, basically nicking some tech which they came up with in Deep Space Nine. Well, we they can't polarise it, but you do actually see shots where it, it's yeah, you do. screen. Oh, I thought it was done as a sort of basically... No, yeah, but you see it from the outside as well. Yeah, oh, when they're under yeah, the water and into darkness, you can see in through it. Yeah. Also, is it maybe different to the one? So basically, what we're saying it, is they've got polarized view screen it's... on the Kelvin, but not on the Enterprise. In that possibly, yeah, that, that makes sense. possibly the Kelvin <laughs> right at the beginning. Because I just remember one of the first things we see of the Kelvin. It's right at the beginning of the film. He goes polarized the view screen. And I remember things like they just came up with that in Deep Space Nine. I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite sure though. If you watch the Naked Now. That the oh, that's pretty much where the view screen is. That the open right. the hatch on the bridge. I'm not going which back to put watch well the in, naked with, now. But that put it well into canon. It was, and the, the fact is, it's canon now. It might be I'll a new what, thing. You, the naked now has the best. I have just had sex scene ever <laughs> in any TV program. When Data walks back onto the bridge. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also got Flirty Picard going, <laughs> he sounds like Beavs and Oh, Bones. yeah, it, huh, huh, Doctor. Huh, huh. Yeah, that's really weird, is that? I thought my VHS was skipping when I watched it first time. Oh, and then a clothes dropped off. He was like, Doctor. <laughs> and I saw everything. <laughs> I've seen everything. Um, so then Seven gets a cool, yeah, fire. 
Uh, but should we really be destroying the Shrike? Picard's body's still on it. I know we've taken some information about what they've done, but surely there's a, we could find out who a handler is, maybe. We could interrogate people. I've, 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 haven't they got the body? They only took a bit of the brain. No, no. The, the body is still on the Shrike when they destroy it. They've, all, yeah, they've already think, extracted think, the brain think, from it. I think it. Shaw's just had enough of this, this Shrike. I think he has, and I think Seven has. Gone, yeah, yeah, it's probably that they don't have enough time to deal with it and then go back to start. Probably. So but it just seemed a little bit hasty. Can we just skip back a little bit? Of course. Because I mentioned this before we, just before we came in there as well. And it's where uh, they do open the view screen and they get sucked out. So we have Faddick and she's floating and freezing and you think, oh, she's a changeling, she'll be all right. And we know she isn't, she gets smashed up. But the irony is, if she hadn't become part solid and stayed a changeling, she would have been all right because we saw that in uh, Chimera. Chimera, Chimera, yeah. Chimera, yeah, it's worth saying. Where where we had the changeling who was like the big space bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. If you if you're gonna get sucked off, then you want to be gooey. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and maybe that's why that. she says fucking solids. She's not just talking yeah. about them. She's like, I'm gonna die because I'm partially solid <laughs> I'm now. Solid. That, I mean, that is a perfect example of while you swearing in Star Trek, um, Picard. I don't think Picard should. It always sounds wrong when he says it. But no, yeah, she can swear like a good yeah, how ever. Like, like how you said before it started, I nearly got my wish where she was like, I'm gonna kill every last motherfucking one of you. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, she, she very close to it. It's she does say that, just not in so many words. She's, I'm gonna do it every ten minutes. However, what we found out when Beverly um, autopsied the changeling is that they do revert back to liquid once you've made them teeny, teeny, tiny. So if she shattered into enough pieces, she might be able to reform if she warms up. So Vadik could I come back. I did, I did and wonder there was a small possibility. I think it's because she's a sort of like little solid uh, red ice cubes that she yeah. doesn't... I mean, no, I think she's yeah, and, they're go, and, they're go, and they're going all over, so... Yeah. I think she is... You, you might have the odd one, so you'll have a little uh, tiny um, army of helvatics. Could do, yeah. The thing is, when they talk about them going through space, I'm wondering if, like, yeah. I mean, I, I think the way they've done it, she strong. should be done. However, if all the bits turn into goo over time... And they could reconform. It does seem it's like how they've gone off and then yeah, but like it, around it, the spaceship that gets. But then the question is well the question so. is then if if bits of changeling have will to move, like if a changeling in space can decide on its course, or if it's just mm-hmm. which we know it can. Whichever direction they're traveling, yeah. yeah. So it would seem plausible, but it would just be very far. And speaking of Army of Darkness, have you noticed that it's just dropped on Amazon? Well, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and the new one's coming out soon, Evil Dead Rise, um, which I'm not... I, I don't think it's got Ash in it, which is a shame. No, but... he's working on it, but it's a... I think it's a, a sequel in the same universe. Yeah, it's... Yeah. New cast. Um, okay, so we're wrapping up then. Deanna senses the all-consuming darkness. 
Um, but the important thing here is we get so many awesome scenes. Like we get Data saying he's finally human, but he's got a crink in his neck. Yeah, and no, this that's lo- you. <laughs> lovely <laughs> moment with Jordy. Let's just start the moment. Like when they they're all around the table, Troy hugging everyone. Not anyone's missed off our list. Yeah, thank you, Crusher. Uh, like Bev, don't, oh, just anyway. Um, everyone gets hugged. We've got, uh, of course, the wonderful bits with uh, uh, Data. And I love the fact that Data, it's sort of like, again, this was a more subtle, I think, um, uh, nod to like how they did it in the films. Because he always got this kind of like one line after they decided what they were going to do. It was only really decided once Data got his extra line going. It's like, you realize, of course, all of you could have been affected by the... Uh, the effects of the planet making you younger, younger on Baku. I would be the only one who isn't affected. What do you say then, Data? <laughs> Lock and load. Yeah. And he gets another one here. It's like, it, it, I forget, because he's already said it, it's a bit about like, uh, if there was anywhere in the universe I could be, I'd be here with my friend. Yeah. It's just so sweet. He is so much <clears throat> still the data we love, but co- completely different at the same time. The way they've squared that Yeah, it's great. Amazing. And what you don't hear after there was he a nice that. Line, there is a nice line that we missed it, actually. When uh, Picard first goes to Georgie before the sort of like revived data. Oh, yeah. And he's proving that we're not changelings. And Georgie goes, oh, you came to visit me six years ago. Yeah, I brought you a bottle of air, Picard, so, 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 so. And you didn't like it. You never did have any taste. Yeah, your, your tasting <laughs> wine is pedestrian. Yeah, to be fair, though, I would be getting fucked off with this if I were Picard's mate. I'd be like, look, just actually buy me some. I'm sick of your own shit wine every like, time I'm I see being, you. I'm not being funny, but Georgie doesn't like it. Jack doesn't like it. Yeah. Shaw doesn't like yeah. it. There's a long list of people now who decide to come out and go, no, Picard. Okay, yeah. you make wine, but it's shit. Yeah, like it's it. crap wine. Nobody <laughs> likes it. God, it Stop like trying to give it your, away. You're, sell, you're selling it the same year that you bottle it. That is it, not what you do with like wine. Do you know what? It tastes, like, few it tastes years. like you've made it out of the raisins from Bulmer's uh, Vineyard of Raisins. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. It's just fucking diabolical, Picard. It's like, it always used to remind <laughs> me when I worked in catering with uh, Beaujolais Nouveau. And it used to be a big thing in the 80s. I don't know if it still is, but 80s and 90s. Massive thing, how soon you got a bottle of Beaujolais Nouveau going. But it was the same year's bottle. And people paid a fortune for this shit. Because <laughs> it did taste like shit. It was crap. Because it had only been bottled yeah, exactly. a few months ago. Wine needs to sit for years to be good. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Just- but, uh, yeah, no, wonderful scene. I, I just think that scene of them all around the table... It's lovely, we and it's what we've it. been waiting for. This is what we've been waiting for from when Picard was first announced. Yeah, and, and it's they've done it early enough that we can still have a venture after... Like, they're, they're together yeah. early enough to have a few episodes of them together. Yeah, it isn't like they've, they've saved this for the last five minutes of episode 10. Yes. They finally get together. They've done it two episodes ago, and... Like James mentioned, there's rumours that the final episode is two, is a double episode. Oh, like they uh, said, two hours, a double episode will actually be an hour forty minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, happy with that anyway. Take that with a grain of salt, though. I I just heard that 
uh, well, people were speculating about it online, so it well, may it, not it be is, the case. It is being shown at cinemas. It we is, but well, they're also like, showing next in week. America, this is, this is actually a warning to people uh, who try, like us, try to avoid spoilers because Paramount Amazon don't release it till Friday in, everywhere apart from the US. Yeah. So they've decided with the last episode, because it's bad enough trying to avoid spoilers for one day, that they are showing it in cinemas on the Wednesday. Yeah. So next Wednesday, the final episode is going to be shown to people in cinemas. So avoid spoilers, especially anything by that idiot Wesley Crusher. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Put if you can do your Facebook filters, turn off Will Wheaton for. Two uh, days. Uh, oh, uh, speaking of uh, the crushers, um, just a, a quick nod to uh, Crusher. Also, gets a nice little moment in this where she says, "It's like even though I was gone for twenty years, I did, wasn't that I didn't miss you guys." Like she talks about the fact that she wasn't just trying to be a dick, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's nice. And I, Wolf I, thought I, about I, sending them all heads. I, I thought, yes, that says yes. I thought this was brilliant. <laughs> but but I was advised that this might seem passive aggressive. <laughs> the, I uh, think the, the seven heads of all my enemies. That they should have. Was... I, I just like how Wolf thought this would be a nice gift for my friends. To see yeah. The <laughs> they should have a, a flashback scene to DS9 and just after he's killed Gowron. <laughs> and he should be like, hmm, maybe Commander LaForge. I was thinking he should have it in a box with a card on the card and uh, yeah. Cisco coming up behind you and going, no. Yeah, yeah, no, Wolf. We've talked about this. So anyway, then. Oh, my, oh, my talk. My talk, no. Yeah, what? Well, no, no, come they on, don't get, They don't get it like us. Yeah, it's not a pro. All he sent you were that crappy wine. So he's not getting the head of your enemy. That's that's disproportionate. Um, then, obviously, the cliffhanger. Councillor Troy now apparently is also a hypnotherapist. Fair enough. She could have learnt new powers out on Nepenthe. It, I'm not bothered. That's fine. But we get the same fucking cliffhanger again. We're at the red door. We're going to go in it. Have you guys seen the clip that they've re- released from no. next week? Right, I won't no, mention I mean, it. I make nothing. I... I... Well, you know, I go out my way to ignore. You do, and I've not seen it. I've just heard people have seen it, and a brief description of what happens, and it's not too spoilery. Um, but I, I don't think we're going to get this revelation straight away. I think we're going to get reactions and other people talking a lot. Oh, Deanna's been chatting to Jack I just and blah, wanna, blah, blah, I just want to give you a warning that I may not be able to contain myself from being really angry when I watch episode nine tomorrow. If it ends on the same cliffhanger. Oh, if again. it ends on the same cliffhanger, I'm done. I'm not going to watch episode 10. We're going to close down the podcast and we're, we're, we're going to start... What do what what's the the enemy of Star Trek? We're gonna start Star Wars, Star Wars. podcast. All, all I'm gonna say is, psst, psst, Jim, Jim, don't say that. They'll they'll go in like in the few hours they've got before it airs in America. They'll re-edit it just to spite us. Don't say it. Don't say it. 
Yeah, well, we'll see. But yes, I know, two will be we'll annoyed. Back anyway, we're bloody sheep for Star Trek. You put Star Trek on anything, we'll watch it. We'll oh yeah, it. you know, absolutely. We, I mean, if we ever run out of Star Trek episodes to talk about, we'll review that car advert that Shatner and Nimoy did. We'll do TJ Hooker. <laughs> we, yeah. Anything. I think we'd be in for TJ Hooker, let's face it. Yeah, TJ Hooker, that, that'd be a pretty cool one to do a podcast. I would love TJ There is Hooker actually a TJ guy. Hooker podcast out there. Only <laughs> one, I think. But, um, but it's been done, so we don't want to steal anybody's. Uh, we'll find something equally naff to talk about. Oh, what was, uh, what was his Shatner's sci-fi series? Oh, Tech War. That's it. Tech War that he wrote all the books himself and everything. Oh, he wrote all the books himself. Um, so yeah. Anyway, same cliffhanger. We've talked about how annoyed about it we are because yeah, people may have noticed that we were annoyed about this because of their exceptional work throughout the rest of the season. I'm gonna let them off this time, but they absolutely a hundred percent have to give us the answer to this next week and it has to be early next week and do, we want a, do we want the surprise guest star always who do we think we might get Bill Cosby I mean I don't think oh, that right. really <laughs> uh, I, I mean it still seems very possible that they could put into these Crosby uh, she's been yeah. saying a lot online. Uh, she was very pleased with the little cameo, and so maybe that's a red herring. Yeah, maybe. I, I still like, think Alexander Siddig, Dr. Bashir, there's still yeah. scope for that. Well, oh, God, um, uh, Alexander comes, need... uh, comes up to war for, for um, child support money for all the years. Oh, yeah, Alexander, that Alexander, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think... Uh... We need a good, a big DS9 cameo. Martok would be really good. And I still think we're going to get uh, Denise Cosby. I think also, I think you're right, it would be wonderful to have Alexander Sidig come up as maybe the new head of Section yeah. He's the good guy who's bringing them down, and that sets him up to maybe guest appear a bit in Legacy as well. And I want yeah. to put out my theory now, because if it's going to happen in the finale, they might start planting the seeds next week and I want to put this out there just in case I'm right I think that we know that on um, what's it called not Federation Day uh, Frontier Day we know that the whole Federation fleet is going to be there and we know that they're potentially compromised by changelings so the good guys are going to need a fleet. So I think what they're going to do is go back to Geordie's shipyard and they're going to find a way of remote controlling or even maybe put one cast member on each ship and have them automated. But basically, I think we're going to get an armada made up of all the classic hero ships. <laughs> and I think the Enterprise E will be in there and they'll maybe use that as the flagship of this armada. And I think we're going to get that... <coughs> I mean, we've got to get the Enterprise coming in the next couple of episodes. We've got to get the I, I think it should be the next episode it appears, like, and then I see it more, and then the episode afterwards. Yeah, I mean, because that's the only thing. It's like it, it I, has I, felt I, a bit weird that we've been on the title this this series when they could have just put on the Enterprise. Like, they could have done a new Enterprise episode. They didn't have to stick to a previous. I model. think there's two reasons why they've not done that. 
one, it'd be a bit harder to take over the flagship the way they did. And two, they wanted this dickish captain and you wouldn't expect that as the captain of the Enterprise. Like, you would expect the captain of the Enterprise to be less of a pushover than Shaw has been. So I think that's why it's not been that. Yeah, because we've never seen a pushover captain on the Enterprise. How could the Enterprise be? Well, no, exactly. I I think you could have brought it in when you went to the shipyard, though. They could have taken the E out of mothballs. But maybe they're saving that for next week when they go, we need a... I'm going to be fair to the Enterprise B now. The real captain was arriving on Thursday. <laughs> yes, very true. I think he did it. <laughs> Alan Ruck is always good to Alan see. Alan Ruck is always good. I just really want to, want to give a quick shout out to uh, the bit between Geordie and Data as well. Yes. Like when they're going to, and they just have a little scene about retractions, which is such a Data thing, which is mentioned so much that it was just a nice little callback. <laughs> um, although I'm still not sure. What data didn't get out of being human when he had the emotion chip that he's got now? Because they're talking as if this has never happened. Because he, he's got a human body, so he's going to grow older and, you know. Well, that's fine. But they're, but they're saying, like, he's getting like, oh, I feel. Isn't that strange? It's like, no, you've got feelings before. You, you yeah, remember yeah, your last but one body. I think it's like he's feeling creaks in his body and, and that back. His body think... moved perfectly. Yeah, I've got a shit body okay, now. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like I yeah. know if I I know exactly to the fraction of a millimeter to the nanometer how tall I am. And... I know how high my hand is. I know what how, how yeah, I can move okay. stuff. And now it's oh. That's not good if I move like that. And I think that it, it's integrated now with organic elements. Like when he had the emotion chip, he couldn't really deal with it before. And anyway, I think we'll we'll wrap up there. Then and we'll see if any of our theories are right. Maybe next week. Maybe the week after. Maybe in the Jack Crusher spin-off series. Um, oh, still not happy about it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com, tweet us at retrekpod, and um, Elliot's got Retrek Model Studios on YouTube. You can also find the videos of the podcasts on there. I finished this this week, where you can come watch it. There we go, the Michael Keaton Bat- Batmobile. Yeah, the proper one, done in uh, 1989 colours, not 1992 colour. Which oh, are different, and, and, and you can find on, out why. I was just going to say, you missed out, you're just missing out on the full effect. When uh, Elliot showed us just before we went on air, he kind of did the motion for the, the car, and just as we were getting to the uh, the jet propulsion at the, the back, he had this hacking cough, which sounded exactly like the engine. <laughs> like the engine roaring in. It was, it was perfect timing. It was. Dr. Squee, what's going on with the Dr. Squee show? Oh, sorry, Elliot, did you want to... Yeah, I was about to say, there's a big uh, new release Star Trek model that I ordered one hour after release. I've got to pick up on Friday from post office. And that will be on my channel uh, this weekend, opening the box and possibly starting on. On the Dr. Squee show, not only tomorrow do I have an interview with Richard Ashton, uh, which you may know from uh, Robin Hood, from uh, from Doctor Who, from loads of other shows. Wonderful actor. Uh, he talks all about it. But next Tuesday, on both the radio and video, for the first time ever for the Dr. Squee show, if I can work out the technology correctly, 
Tuesday, 6 till 8, uh, we're going to be talking to, uh, I'm going to say it this once so I don't say it to his face, the one and only Chesney Hall. <laughs> 6 p.m. <laughs> Probably going to go for about an hour on the, um, on the video, but then if you want to hop over to the radio, we'll have some music and, and shenanigans lined up for you to enjoy over there. But an hour straight of talking to Mr. Chesney Hawks live. So I think you're missing a, tree, a trick if you don't introduce him as the one and only Chesney I, I think... Many other people might have caught that trick they before, may have and I done think that. he may have heard it. I, I'm thinking of an oblique joke about it, which you know, I'll play a bit better. Yeah, anyway, work on it, work on it. I'm I, sure. I find it kind of fascinating. Like, what what was it like though when you when you like what's your career like before that? What happens after you've done a huge film, a huge song, and then you've got to kind of like deal after the one hit wonder? I think that's kind of fascinating. Yeah, that will be interesting. We might mention the songs well. So come and check all of that out, and thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Goodbye. Drag off, LLAP. Next time.